You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. Well, it's the offseason, and UTEP men's basketball has now rounded out their 2022-2023 roster, and so now it's time for an offseason check-in. We wish we had this podcast up a lot earlier, but because of the timing, because UTEP still had to you know, fill out some scholarships, we held off on this one right here. My special thanks to UTEP head coach Joe Golding for getting a chance to do this with us. Uh, he was great in this whole conversation. We talk about everything in this conversation. We talk about the roster turnover uh, from last year. We talk about building a whole new team this year and the recruits that he specifically wanted to go after. Joe Golding gives us insight on who they missed out on in the recruiting process, which I found very interesting to kind of talk about. And then he talks about staff changes that, you know, it's going to sound like breaking news because it really is. We hadn't really heard about a lot of these staff changes that have gone on internally with the UTEP men's basketball program. And then finally, we close things out talking schedule making. Um, a lot of great insight that UTEP head coach Joe Golding provides to us, and, it, um, and we are Really excited about this conversation coming up here on the Minor Talk Podcast. Check out the Minor Talk Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like, share, and subscribe. It really helps us out. And the Minor Talk Podcast is brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency. Recently, I moved into my new house. I called up Oscar Adietta Agency, and I asked them about bundling my home insurance with my auto insurance. They made things easy for me and helped me save in the long run. You could do that, too, with the Oscar Adietta Agency. Bundle and save with home, auto, and life insurance. They even offer bundling for renters and auto insurance as well. Contact the Oscar Adietta Agency today at 915-400-6000. That's 915-400-6000 or go online to OscarAdiettaAgency.com. And without further ado, here's the podcast. All right, welcome back to the Minor Talk Podcast. Adrian Bratis here along with UTEP head coach Joe Golding. We're getting ready for the offseason season. Coach just finished up uh, rounding out his roster. Coach, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Glad to join you. Coach, the last time that you joined us on our radio show, you told us that, oh, you actually told the voice of the minors, John Teicher, the change would be coming. And I, I think that's where we could start off the, the podcast today, just talking about the change that has gone on within this this program. I mean, can you just speak to all the changes that have gone on? Yeah, you know, a year ago, um, we had a bunch of guys back, you know, and uh, we were recruiting kind of the roster that was here. Um, and uh, we were able to, to salvage it and uh, bring a bunch of those guys back. And when you look uh, back, you know, we brought four starters back that played over 30 minutes a game uh, with JB, Sule, Titus, and uh, Keontae. And that was a... You know, obviously, um, huge for us. Um, it was a big part of um, of the plan that we had um, when we got, when we got the job, and we were able to do it. And thankful for those guys for trusting us um, to, to play a year with us. And and then we were able to bring back some guys that had played some roles. You know, with with Christian Agnew and um, Z, um, and maybe one or two more. I'm forgetting. But um, and then you know, recruiting was tough. Uh, because when you're when you're when you're navigating recruiting, uh, we got the job a little late, and then when you have four guys that played over 30 minutes, guys in the portal or Jugo guys are looking to go to places they can play, and when you have four guys coming back that played over 30 minutes a game and started every game, the opportunity wasn't really there, you know, except for being kind of a role player, um, a guy that was going to be on limited minutes, and so um, that's kind of what happened, you know, and then obviously we went through the year, and uh, I could tell. 
um, you know, as we got close to the end of the year, that change was coming. Um, you know, I could tell by the way the uh, the opportunities. When you look, Sule graduated at Christmas. Keontae graduated in the spring. Uh, JB's always wanted to be a pro basketball player. It's been a dream of his since he was really, really little. And then Titus had graduated the year before um, and had been at grad school. And that group had been together for three years. Some of them have been on this campus four years. Um, and so you knew change was was on the horizon. You know, we knew that. Um, and so. Um, we knew there was a lot of work, um, but at the same time, we wanted to finish the year and celebrate the year. But behind the scenes, we were obviously working really hard on recruiting and knew that the, the next two months was going to be long uh, for us here because we were going to turn over our entire roster. And I think when you take over a job, you know, two things happen. You either turn over the roster year one, right when you get the roster. I think there's a lot of coaches that do that, maybe uh, do it on purpose. And then sometimes they don't do it on purpose. It just happens um, because guys just leave and go in the portal when, when there's a coaching change. Um, and then um, if you don't, though, then, then year two, usually there's a change, you know. Um, and, and so um, ours happened to be year two, you know. We were able to, to have those guys year one. But I'm thankful for those guys, Adrian. I mean, we won 20 games. Uh, we won a bunch of games on the road. We did a lot of things that haven't happened in a long time um, in this program. And uh, the reality of UTEP, even though some people don't want to hear it, it's been stagnant for a while, you know. It, it just hasn't been on the uh, upswing. And we were able to turn the corner a little bit and, and get to 20 wins and do some things that haven't been done here in a while. And I'm very thankful for that group because we'll look back on this group, hopefully, in three or four years and say this is the group that stabilized it, that started the trajectory back going uh, the way that uh, I know all of our fans and donors and alumni and uh, students won't want this program to be. Now, hanging over this program, you talked about a lot of firsts that you guys did. Um, now, I guess hanging over the program is that big picture. It's that dark cloud that says it's been 30 years yeah. since this program's won a tournament game. And yeah. it's been it's been almost you know 15 since the program has actually been to an NCAA tournament mm-hmm. game. I mean, that, does that ever kind of cross your mind? I, I know you're, you're building more of a program and not right. necessarily looking at the finish line, but does right. that ever cross your mind? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's the ultimate goal is to get to the NCAA tournament, but I don't live, I don't wake up each morning and say, let's get to the NCAA tournament. I wake up each morning and say, hey, let's get better today. You know, and I think that's what we did at ACU and, and you just try to get better each and every day, um, whether that's player development, whether that's better with the culture and their program, whether that's in recruiting, um, whatever you're doing, um, you know, you're just trying to get better. And I think if you do that each and every day and you have a staff that does it each and every day and you have a locker room full of players that do that each and every day, eventually you look up in March and you have that opportunity, you know, and um, we were closer this year than people think, you know, I mean, um, you know, we, we had UAB here beat. Um, it just doesn't go our way. We miss a box out late and give up the tip dunk to go down one with 45 seconds uh, and then miss, you know, miss a wide open three. Uh, but an opportunity to win that game. And then we obviously beat North Texas here. We beat Old Dominion in the first round of the tournament. We had the ball um, with 12 seconds to go um, against Middle Tennessee in a tie game. We're actually up one uh, with 20 seconds left uh, with their ball, with the blob underneath the basket. So we're really 20 seconds away from playing a semifinal game uh, and being one game away from the NCAA tournament. You know, So there was progress, and it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, you, you got to get in the fight first, and we haven't been in the fight at UTEP. I think this was the first – winning conference season we've had in five or six or seven years you know and so we got to get in the fight first you know you got to get in the fight you got to you got to be competitive against the top of the league um, and then once you get in the fight and you're consistently in the fight, you eventually are going to find your way where you're winning. Um, you're winning the fight and you're getting yourself an opportunity to play in that last game in March uh, in Conference USA for the opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament. You know, and um, But um, I think we're on track for that. Now, we made progress um, on that. Uh, but 
it's hard, Adrian. It's not easy, you know. Um, as much as we want to talk about it right now, it's a one-bid league. Um, and so, uh, you know, you look at North Texas, man. I mean, I, I thought they were the best team in our league. They had won 14 or 15 straight. They lose to us. They go to the conference tournament. They beat Rice, and they turn around and lose. Um, and, you know, they don't, they don't make it, you know. And so uh, it's difficult. It's hard to do at our level. But I, get, I think that's why you can't think so much big picture. You just have to continue to try to, to win the day. you got to continue to try to make the program better each and every day. And I think if you're doing that, uh, you'll look up in March and be in the right spot. When you look at last season, I felt like you, had, you guys had to go through the mud. Like, yeah. like you guys had to go through definitely a lot of adversity. Yeah. And then once you kind of got over that hump, I mean, it was, you guys were reaping the rewards from it. And I think it all culminated on that senior day where mm-hmm. I, I felt like you guys all got your flowers. Everybody was celebrating and, and cheering for you while beating the, the top team in the conference. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, we went through more last year than I think I've been through in a long time. And that's wow. saying something because uh, the COVID years, you know. Um, but at ACU, we were very fortunate with the COVID stuff. We didn't miss a bunch. But, you know, whether it was broken fingers, broken feet, concussions, food poisoning, um, you know, I, 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 I'm probably forgetting a bunch of other stuff that went on. Um, it just seemed like we never, we never could get in a rhythm. We never could have a roster. And I, I think it goes back to that old Dominion game there. Um, you know, where we just played so well on the road after our loss at Charlotte when we didn't play great. But I still don't think that team really thought they could win. Um, and when we went to Old Dominion and we got that win. And the way we got that win, you know, we had the lead, we controlled the game, then we lost the lead late, and we were able to come back. And JB hits the big shot to send us to overtime, and then we control overtime and win. I think our season kind of took off uh, from there. Number one, I think our guys felt like, okay, we can, we can win, you know, uh, in this league, and we can win on the road, uh, and we can win together, and we can win with this roster. And then I think from that point, the roster stayed pretty healthy from that point on, and we were able to kind of form our team with that roster for those two months. Uh, obviously, getting Keontae back late. Uh, threw a wrinkle into some things, but um, I, I think that was a big part of when our season kind of changed and adjusted. To that point, you know, you go back to the Bradley loss, you know, here the close game, we, we were leading the whole game but couldn't get over the hump. Uh, New Mexico State played them really, really well here. Jabari Rice hits the big-time shot um, late. Riverside game, we were obviously shorthanded, you know, with the food. But we just, we, we hadn't, we were just, you know, winning one or two, losing one or two. You know, we, there was no consistency and. Uh, after that Old Dominion team, I think our team really, really felt like they could believe that they could win, and I think our season took off. Do you? So now you, you turn the page right after the season. You, you hop on a plane the, the very next day and you start yeah. recruiting. I yeah. mean, wh- how can you compare this year recruiting to last year? Because I felt, I mean, I use the word stagnant. I just felt like the brand of UTEP basketball before you got here was just not good. It yeah. just wasn't seen. And like our fans the right don't want to hear that, you know. But that's the reality and the truth, you know. And that that doesn't that's not a knock on Rodney. I don't no. think you've ever heard me say a bad thing about Rodney. I. I I, Roddy right. and I still talk, and I'm very appreciative. Rod, Rodney left us a, a very talented roster here, and Rodney cleaned up a lot of stuff behind the scenes, whether that's APR and academics, and um, just did a terrific job. Um, I really thought Rodney was was close to breaking through, and then COVID hit, you know. But um, the brand and UTEP, to your point, you know, we haven't been in the fight in, in a while, you know, and um, and we, we got to get consistent around here, you know. We got to put uh, together consecutive uh, winning seasons. We got to consecutive twenty wins seasons and uh, we've, we've got to uh, we got to win games in conference play and, and have winning records yeah, we were 10 and 8 I believe last year we got to continue on that trick of, of moving forward um, and, and but we have to have consistency with that you can't have peaks and valleys and um, so in recruiting UTEP's not what 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 even I thought when I got the job UTEP was you know UTEP for me is 
dang, man, it's Coach Haskins, it's Tim Hardaway, it's Greg Foster, it's Jason Williams, it's Billy Gillespie, it's Doc Sadler, it's Tony Barbie, it's NCAA tournaments, it's Sweet 16s, it's, uh, that's UTEP, you know, and uh, the reality is right now we're not there, you know, and we got to get it back, and, um, you know, that that's our charge, and that's what we're trying to do, and you got to get it back in recruiting, you got to get it back in your brand, you got to get it back in scheduling, you know, and, and, and good teams wanting to play you because uh, that game means something, they're not losing net points, you know, for playing UTEP, and so, um, you know, we're, we're navigating that. We're figuring it out. Um, and, and obviously, we're working hard to, to change all that. Uh, recruiting has changed in general, you know, from the old days of us going out in June and July and you're recruiting high school kids. I, I feel bad for high school kids. I do. Uh, my son's uh, going to be a sophomore. You know, he's caught up in this a little bit. It's uh, um, not that he's a great Division One player, I don't know, but he's so a good little high school player, you know. But, but he can but, shoot the three. Yeah, but you, you get my, you know, it's it's now it's it's uh, the reality and the truth is uh, if you can go out in the portal and you can get a proven kid that's played two or three years of Division One basketball and he's proven and uh, he's played at that level, you're probably going to take him before you take a high school kid. Now we would like to we would like to put some high school kids on our roster. We got one this year. We got some reg, uh, some walk ons. Um, that coming in that are that are high school kids and uh, we're still going to recruit high school. We're just trying to to navigate. You and I talked off the record before we started this podcast, but you know, recruiting a high school kid is risky right now. If he if he plays and does really well, does he take off and leave you for a power five? And if he doesn't play any, does he leave because he's not playing? You know, and so in a perfect world, you want to develop high school kids, you know, in your program and and and. Um, you know, each year they get better and better, which is what we did at Abilene Christian. So, um, you know, we're navigating, we're figuring it out, but but obviously recruiting has changed. It's, it's big in the portal right now. Uh, if, if you want to win in college basketball, you have to be experienced. You have to stay old. Um, you can't just be, you know, youthful and young with no experience. You're probably not going to win in a league like Conference USA. And so, um, obviously our recruiting was was aimed at, at older guys, more mature guys, uh, to, to kind of keep this thing go headed in the right direction. If uh, I'm a recruit, what's the pitch? What 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 do you ask? Yeah, the first thing we do is sell the history of UTEP. You know, we show them like That's awesome. like this is not uh, we're not selling you a, a fantasy. Like this has happened here. We've put twelve thousand people in the Don Haskins Center. Uh, we've won a national championship. Uh, we've been to the NCAA tournament. Uh, 18, whatever, how many times we've been to the Sweet 16. Um, uh, we, uh, this is, this is, we've had pros, we've had real NBA players play here. Uh, so that's where we start, you know. Um, then we talk about our success. Obviously, going to the NCAA tournament twice uh, at Abilene Christian and beating Texas that uh, proved that we've been there, done it. Um, I think we talk a lot about our wonderful university and the diversity that we have uh, at this university. We talk about the weather. We talk about the beautiful uh, city of El Paso. Uh, We talk about our passionate fan base. Um, We talk about... uh, uh, it doesn't rain much here. When it does rain, it's a darn m- monsoon, uh, <laughs> and it's just uh, you know. But but we sell our city, man. We got a great city, man. We got a wonderful city, and uh, you know, without Paso and Juarez and, and just uh, uh, the, the 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 passion that they have for minor basketball, we're working on that. You know, you go back to our crowd at UAB in North Texas; those crowds grew. You know, um, if you felt the energy in the dawn, I think for the first time in a while, there's there's older people uh, whose kids now are in their 30s you know they, they experienced the coach Haskins days and their kids uh, experienced some some good times and they want that for their kids now that are you know in elementary and junior high they want their kids to experience that and, and what they what they tell so you know there's a fine line between navigating the history of our program and then 
kind of a new era of where we're trying to get it back, you know, to. And so uh, we do all that in recruiting. But, uh, you know, UTEP's not a hard sell. You know, it's not. Um, is our brand where we want it to be right now? No. Is, is our NCAA tournament success over the last 12 years where we want it to be? No. You know, is our Conference USA success probably in the last 10 years where we want it to be? No. Um, but, um, you know, I, I look at it as glass half full, you know, not half empty. And I look at it as an opportunity. And I think we're on our, you know, heading in the right direction. You, you talked about recruiting battles, like getting in these battles and just trying to be in the fight with, with for some of these guys before the season ended. And, and you talked about that on your radio show and stuff like that. How did you think the battles went, you know, over this recruiting season? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously you're trying to get in the battle, and just to, you're trying to you're trying to get UTEP out there again, you know. And and uh, I think Rodney, you know, you look at Rodney, he came from Fresno State, and then he came here, so that we have a we have a brand kind of on the West Coast a little yeah. bit because Rodney came from there. Um, I've never really recruited the West Coast. I've been more of a Texas, Kansas, Oklahoma kind of guy. But you look at the brand of UTEP, I, I don't think it matters. I think you hire a staff and then they go off and recruit. You know, look in the back of the days of Chicago Pipeline here, whether it was Chicago, whether it was some New York kids. Um, you know, again, it's winning cures everything. You know, if we can just be consistent in winning again um, and, and continue to schedule some teams. I mean, look at the opportunity that we're getting to play Texas. You know, we're going to play sure. the first game ever in the Moody Center. Scheduling-wise, maybe not the best. Uh, best of schedule. They're going to be a top five team in the country. They return really, really good players. Uh, they return like 80% of their scoring, and they've added good pieces to it. Um, but the whole week or two weeks leading up to that game, when everybody talks about the Moody Center opening and Texas you know, playing, they're going to talk about UTEP. So it's a great opportunity for our program to get a ton of exposure um, you know, in the state of Texas and right there. So looking for those opportunities and continue to brand our program in recruiting, I think that's what we're in search of. What, what about your staff? How are they in recruiting this time around? Yeah, I'm very proud of my staff. You know, If you look at what, where, what I like, I like the undervalued kid. You know, I like the kid that's very productive but maybe not as the social media darling or the four-star darling. I like the kid that's undervalued valued. Um, I, I like a kid that uh, has a chip on his shoulder. I like a kid that uh, loves to work. He's coachable. He works well within a team. Um, he's, uh, you know, that, that's some, I always just say toughness. I like a tough kid. I love kids that played football, whether in junior high or high school, because they were out there. Uh, like I love our football team. They were out yesterday, I think, running at 3.30 in the afternoon when it was 105 degrees here. But that, that breeds toughness, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, to me, I always say toughness is a talent, and, you know, and I, and I believe that, you know. And so, we were looking for tough kids, kids with a chip on your shoulder, older value. And I think our staff took that charge of what I like. I think Coach Cox was familiar with that because he he saw that at ACU. And so, and I think at SFA they were about that too. Um, so he kind of knew what I was looking for. I think Coach Boykins and Coach Spriggs did a great job of taking my message and going out and finding those type of kids uh, for us. And so I'm really proud of our staff and what we've done. We've had some turnover in our staff and a lot's not public yet, but I can, I can, you know, announce we, uh, we lost Caleb, our ops guy. And so, um, he went to work for BSN, um, decided after the year, and we hired Coach Cox's son, Austin. Wow. Uh, from Steve, and he, he's been at Stephen F. Austin as the director of basketball. So that's pretty cool that's so to cool. have a father-son um, duo. You know, I don't know how many there are in college basketball, but uh, I'm excited about that, and, and Austin does a tremendous job. And then um, we just recently hired Ryan Stubbs uh, from New Mexico State, um, came over. And so um, I've known Ryan for a long time. He was at Hardin-Simmons when I was at Abilene Christian before he left to be a head JUCO coach in Colorado. And so – um, you know, we were able to bring Brian over, so I'm excited um, about, about those uh, two guys. And obviously elevated Spriggs uh, to assistant coach. And Spriggs has been with us now three years and really understands me and 
Um, so I, I think uh, we've had some changes with our roster. We've had some changes with our staff. But uh, I think in today's era, change is going to happen. I hope to God we don't have to sign 10 more uh, every year. I don't know how long I'm going to be in this business because it's tough to do. It's it's, it's hard to navigate. And um, But I'm, I'm ex- extremely proud of my staff. They buckled down. Um, they got in some recruiting battles, and we won some recruiting battles. We lost some recruiting battles, um, but we got in some that, that, that we need to be in. Um, and the, the more we're in, we'll win those. Um, and then we found some kids that uh, um, that we really liked, you know, um, and uh, maybe weren't getting as recruited as high, you know, in some of those battles, and, and we were able to win those. So um, I'm happy with our staff where we have it right now, and I'm happy with our roster, and uh, again, very thankful for what those guys have done. I see you took a page from Dana Dimmel's book and uh, got got a couple of junior college guys, huh? Yeah, we did, man. Uh, we got we got five or six yeah. uh, guys, and um, you know, I think UTEP has always had a tradition, you know, a history uh, of recruiting JUCO guys. Go back to Billy Gillespie and Doc and Barbie True. and those guys, and so um, I, I think that's always been in play. And there's really, you know, navigating this portal now. Everybody's living in the portal, but there's still really good JUCO plays. And you look at like Derek now. We're getting a, a, a big kid that we can. Mold we can develop um and and he's got three years you know because of the COVID deal so most JUCO guys you only get two years out of them and it usually takes them you know on average usually takes them about half a semester to adjust Uh, so you're looking at getting you know hopefully a year and a half out of a really good JUCO kid um now with Derek you know you're getting two and a half years out of him you know so um yeah you know and I'm excited you know I'm excited about the JUCO kids that, that we signed and um, you know, I, I think uh, our staff did a good job, and I think we'll, we'll continue to to to, to, to recruit uh, junior college basketball. Coach Cox has done that for a long time. Um, he's always been a junior college recruiter. It goes back to his roots. Uh, you know, he was a head junior college coach at, at multiple places and won a junior college national championship. So he has a lot of connections, and there's a lot of people that trust him. And so we'll continue to, to go that avenue. Um, talking about some of your specific newest newest guys, let's talk about Shamar Givens. Uh, he comes from uh, Evansville. He's a double digit scorer. Seems like like a, a pretty polished guy who's coming into the mix right away. Yeah, you know, every, everybody's got to compete. Uh, we got we got 12 or 13 new guys. They're all competing. Who knows what the future holds, and, and uh, everybody's got to earn something. But he was a big piece uh, to this puzzle and, and something some, some we, we pinpointed in on him early. He was actually involved in the recruiting with uh, Newton's brother, Jawan. Um, you know, they both played at Evansville together, and I think they were roommates, and Jawan helped us uh, sell. Shamar had actually came here this Christmas and spent Christmas with Jawan here in El Paso, so he really enjoyed El Paso and the weather and was a little bit familiar with El Paso and, and UTEP, so that helped. But he was a big piece. I mean, you look at him, he didn't play on a great team in his career at Evansville. He had multiple opportunities to leave before this year, but he stayed loyal to Evansville. Through coaching changes, through losing basketball, he stayed loyal to that program, and that meant a lot to me. Um, I think that's the type of kid he is. Uh, he's a very loyal kid. Um, and then more importantly, he was a second team all league Missouri, uh, Missouri Valley player. He put up really, really good numbers uh, against the top half of the league. Um, they beat Kentucky, you know, while he was there at Evansville. Um, he just, uh, he's a point guard that can score. He can get shots for other guys. Um, and then he's an incredible on ball defender. Um, and so he was a high priority guy for us. Um, you, you know, this will be his fifth year of college basketball, so he's old. He's been through the, the battles. 
Uh, he's not going to back it down from anything. Uh, he's seen it all at this time, and so um, we were real excited to get him. You look at a guy from South Plains College and Malik Zachary. I mean, that you talk about a guy with a chip on his shoulder. That guy has everything to prove yeah. right now, and I think he might he might be able to do it as a versatile guy. Yeah, really, really impressed with him on the first two weeks here in practice, and I was impressed with him in recruiting. We were actually recruiting him and the shooter uh, that ended up going to San Diego. And the longer we kept going down to South Plains, we just we almost got away from the shooter and started recruiting Malik more and more. We just I loved his chip and I loved his story. Um, you know, I, I loved everything he's been through, and he just wanted an opportunity. You know, and you look at two years ago, he was one of the best JUCO players in the country. Um, and so, um, you know, you look at him and Shamar. You got Shamar, who's got you know this is it for Shamar. He's got this is his final year. But then you got Malik behind him, who's got two years. You know, and when I say behind him, who knows? We can play them both right. together uh, as well. We did that at ACU. We played multiple point guards on the floor at the same time. But uh, you, you look at how they are. You got one who's his last year. You got Malik, who's got two years, and then you got Jamal underneath, who's got four years. So I feel really good about our point guards. But I was frustrated at times last year. Um, I probably didn't you know publicly say, but we just really had JB was was all we had at the point. You know, we played Keontae at New Mexico at the point a couple of times when JB was out with a concussion. Um, but we just didn't have any, you know, we didn't have any depth there. And uh, you got to have, in my opinion, three, almost four point guards on your roster. I love point guards. I was a point guard, but I just love their leadership skills. I love how they see the floor. And, and point guards can differ. Some point guards, look, look at Malik. He just gets so many players involved. Wait till you guys watch him. He just makes the right play over and over again. Uh, he gets guys shots and gets guys open. And, um, he produces so many baskets for people. And then Shamar, um, you know, can go get a bucket, you know, late, but he can also create a bucket, you know. So they're different in how they play. Um, and actually Malik and Carlos uh, cross paths a little bit at Chipola. They weren't together, uh, but the summer Malik was leaving to go to Buffalo was when Carlos was coming into Chipola. So, uh, you know, they kind of knew each other. It's familiar. Uh, they were familiar with each other. So, um, you know, that was a group that we really went after. Um, you know, the point guard spot, it was a high priority for us to find our type of guys. And I think our staff did a great job in that. You mentioned Carlos. I think, you know, listeners and callers had told us they were they wanted you guys to go with a big man or, or go a different route with that last scholarship. But I look at Carlos's story. He joined us yesterday on our show. Uh, an amazing kid, Carlos Lemus, who, who just, uh, you know, signed and recently committed to you all. What, did, what could he bring to the table? Yeah, you know, so Carlos is recruiting, man. You go back. Uh, you know, obviously he played at Southeastern and then he got hurt and, um, and, and he was really one of the best freshmen um, at the time. And then COVID happens and he goes to Chipola um, and ends up, you know, his, his first year at Chipola averages like 13.8 points a game, shoots almost 40% from the three. Um, and, and a lot of people thought was Chipola's best player. Uh, played off the ball and, and just had a tremendous year. I think they got beat in the final four of the national championship game, wow. you know. Um, and so, uh, you know, coming this year, he was one of the top JUCO players in the country. He's he's had to fight some things off the floor uh, with some academic stuff because he's been in JUCO the entire time. But, you know, we were recruiting Naquan. And, and so as we were recruiting Naquan early, uh, we Carlos was actually hurt um, and, and wasn't practicing. But um, Coach Tindall kept saying, man, Carlos is the one. I'm telling you, Carlos is the one. Carlos is the one. Um, and so we just started building a relationship with Carlos, you know, and uh, we, bu- we built it with him. And then um, the way his story kind of ended up here at the end of the day, uh, he stuck with us the last month while we were working through some NCA stuff um, with, with some background stuff for him. And nothing to his fault. It's just that he's been in JUCO for, for uh, so long and just trying to get some academic work uh, figured out. And we were able to get him in school. And so we got down that last scholarship. Um, 
you know, we were looking for all different things, whether it was a big, whether it was a shooter, uh, or whether it was the best player that we could find. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we were recruiting Joey um, out of San Diego. We brought Joey on a visit. He decided to go to UConn. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we really didn't like the bigs that we were involved in. And at the end of the day, we loved Carlos. We just thought Carlos fit us. We thought he fit our style of play. Uh, he's got the chip on his shoulder. He's tough. He can guard on the ball. He can get to the basket. He gets fouled. He's got a great body. Uh, he's got a great motor, and he's a winner. He's won at a high level everywhere he's been. Um, and so he was just our type of dude. And we're like, what are we, what are we wasting our time for? What are we looking for? Let's bring him in, man. And so I don't get caught up sometimes and, and, and you know, um, I think sometimes you do. I mean, you got to have bigs, you got to have size, you got to have length, you got to have some things. But at the end of the day, let's go get the best players we can for UTEP and we'll figure out the rest. You know, and he definitely felt fit in that. Um, and we just thought he was too good to pass up. An interconference transfer in Tay Hardy, that yeah. one caught my attention because I remember when he came here <laughs> yeah. and when UTEP played, he was a, a solid, solid freshman. Yeah, priority recruit for us from the get go. Spent a lot of time with him. Butch uh, was recruiting him uh, to start, and then uh, Coach Spriggs took it over when Butch left. And, uh, you know, uh, we're fired up about Hardy. You know, um, you, you look, he's an all conference player already in our league. Um, he's. Uh, you know, he's averaged 14 points a game in this league, uh, which I think people know if you average 14 in this league, um, you know, um, you're a good player. Uh, he was he was their best player this year, uh, but he only got to play in five or six games until he hurt, hurt his shoulder and had to have season-ending shoulder surgery. Um, and so he didn't play. So, you know, that's the only negative to, to Hardy is uh, right now he's not completely cleared. So he's in non-contact. He's working out with us, but he's doing everything non-contact. We're hopefully in July he, he gets to go full contact and gets completely – um, cleared, but um, he's proven himself uh, for us, and then we love him defensively. You know, I think he might be one of the best guards in the country at getting in passing lanes and steals, and he, he's so active in his motor. And um, I, I, where I've been impressed with him is his leadership ability. Uh, for the first two weeks here, he's had he's shown great leadership ability. He's a talker, um, and, and with his injury, hopefully we can get the medical red shirt and he can have two years for us instead of just one. So. Um, Extremely excited about him. Again, like Shamar, they've proven themselves at a high, high level. Um, and so you're, it's a pretty safe bet that what they've done, that, you know, that they're going to be able to do for us or even more. And so um, excited about excited about him. Won a national championship at Pearl River. He's a winner. You know, the knock on him a little bit. Well, he didn't win at Southern Miss. Well, he won a national championship at Pearl River, you know. So, like, the kids won at a high level. Uh, he understands what winning looks like. And uh, I know he's excited to get here. You talk about the going back to your comment on the social media guys to round out your backcourt. You do have a social media guy, Mario McKinney. Yeah, we do got one. That's right. He's, he's a man because. Rio. Uh, yeah. What he what he showed, uh, you know, coming out of high school, everybody thought he was going to be the guy, and he and he still can be the guy. He also has a chip on his shoulder because he wants to prove that he can earn minutes and then you know make an impact on the floor. Yeah, I mean, I'm fired up about Rio, man. I mean, I, 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 talent is not the <laughs> the question. He's extremely talented. He can play multiple positions. Um, and, and you look at him this year, man. He, he's won. You know, he went to the NCAA tournament this year. He 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 uh, he won a game in the NCAA tournament. He understands this when he's been extremely well coached by Coach Jans. Um, you know, and uh, I, I liked him when we were playing New Mexico State. I liked him. I was in Vegas watching the WAC championship game, and I thought he was the best player on the floor in the WAC championship game. Wow. I think he had 14 points or 13 points against ACU in the championship game. Um, you know, and then he was able to play with really good players and Teddy Allen and Jabari Rice and McCants. Uh, he was able to find his role in there. You know, now will his role be different at UTEP? I, I would assume so. Uh, you know, he's getting older, he's more experienced, and um, I, I think he'll have a bigger role for us. 
uh, and scoring the basketball and getting to the rim and doing some things. And um, but I'm excited about him, man. Uh, you know, there's no secret. Coach Jans and I are good friends. We've known each other for a long time. And um, when he got the job at Mississippi State, uh, they were obviously recruiting Sule Boom, and and we obviously wanted Mario. And uh, he told me he's like, take him. You know, I'm telling you right now, take him. You know, he, he he'd be a really really good player for you. And so. Um, obviously trusted Coach Jans on that and having Coach Stubbs here now. Coach Stubbs has been around Mario, understands him, and we're fired up about him. You know, we're excited. And um, I told him we got one bad night ahead when we both go to Las Cruces. Now it won't just be me uh, getting the blunt end of everything. Mario Rio will share a little bit of that. So, uh, you know, but uh, besides that, you know, uh, besides that night, I think it's going to be great, and we're excited to have him. Here. I think that's pretty cool to see, a, 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 you know, the Battle of I-10 have a transfer in the mix. We had one from UTEP and Evan Gill. Yard a couple years ago. Yeah, I didn't ago. know about that until, until it, it happened and it got mentioned to me. But um, yeah, it probably sparks the rivalry a little yeah. bit. But um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, these guys just want a place to play. They, they want an opportunity. I think he looked at us with a brand new roster uh, and 10 new scholarship guys as an opportunity that he could come in here and uh, you know, could could, uh, could impact our program. And we were excited that he's been obviously comes from an NCAA tournament team that's won a game. He's been coached up by Coach Jans, and, and I was excited about all that. What, do you, what kind of role is Jamari Sibley going to play this year? Yeah, you know, it's, it's we need him to be good, you know. I mean, he's one of the three guys we're bringing back. Um, so we need some leadership out of him. He understands what we what we want and what we're about. He's been through it for a year. He's one of the three guys in that locker room that, that should understand us and our staff. Uh, and what we're about, but we need growth from him, and we, we need him. Uh, you know, I thought he was really good last year. I thought I thought he hit some really big shots for us uh, in big time games. I thought he gave us really good minutes. Uh, you know, we probably didn't trust him as enough, and not just staff, but players as well, and getting him opportunities to score. We think he's a double digit scorer. Um, I think he can do that. You know, in Conference USA, and I think he will do that this year. Um, we're kind of moving him right now a little bit to the wing. Wow. Uh, so we're moving him um, a little bit. We don't really have one, two, threes, fours, fives. We call our guys littles and bigs. But I think he'll 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 go back and forth a little bit. But uh, right now in the in the spring and the um, in the summer, we're playing him on the perimeter, and I like him. He's skilled. He can put the ball on the floor. He can get to the rim. He shoots that ball really, really well. Um, and he gives us length and size and, uh, defensively. Uh, he can switch, you know, one through four. And so, um, you know, I'm excited about him moving um, to the perimeter. We'll see what it looks. And then if we get in a pinch and we got to play him at the four, he's done it before, you know. The biggest thing for him this summer is just taking some leadership responsibility. He's got to put on weight. We hired a new strength coach uh, in Brandon Decker. Uh, I'm excited about that. Coach Decker was with us for five years at ACU. I thought he was uh, one of the biggest reasons for our success at ACU. I think he's one of the best strength coaches in the country. When I got the job, I tried to bring him in. We couldn't couldn't quite work it out in year one, but we were able to get it done here. So him and his wife, Peyton, uh, started on May 1st. And so, you know, I've charged him with, with Sibley. Uh, both of those guys, um, you know, we got to put weight on Sibley. You know, he's got to get stronger. He's got to put on weight. He's got to eat better. Got to put better things in his body. Uh, but I've been really impressed with him uh, in the two weeks he's been here this summer. He looks like a completely different person um, than he did last year. And uh, hopefully he'll continue to head in that direction. What intrigued you about uh, Otis Frazier, the third, yeah. first off, the six foot six guy out of George Mason? Yeah, uh, just his athletic ability his size and, and the way he gets to the rim you know and uh he, he he's 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 six six he's he, he i think he came to us on his recruiting visit at like 215 we're trying to slim him down a little bit um, at george mason they played him as an undersized four um and and uh, we're trying to play him on the perimeter on the wing um so we're trying to slim him down a little bit but we love his strength his size his athleticism his explosiveness um, he, he just gets to the rim. He gets fouled. 
Um, he played real minutes in the A-10. Uh, he got caught behind some really good players and got caught in a coaching change and stayed uh, in the coaching change. And, and um, I'm just excited. You know, anytime you have a kid that played, um, you know, close to 15 minutes a game in the A-10, um, he still has three years with us to continue to develop. Um, we loved everything about him. And then defensively, he's really, really good. Uh, he's got a big-time motor. Um, he, he gets in passing lanes. He's active. He rotates. And then on the offensive end, again, he attacks the rim and he gets on the offensive glass. And so that was something we were trying to improve. We were dead last, I think, or close to dead last on offensive rebounding. It's something that we tried to improve in in recruiting um, and tried to get better, uh, something we're working on in the summer. And we think Otis helps us with that. Calvin Solomon comes from Stephen F. Austin. Great ties with Jeremy Cox, which is awesome, too. What, what does he bring to to the table. Yeah, you know, obviously you, you mentioned it. Coach Cox knows him. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, uh, I, the thing I love about Calvin, man, is he's just a dog, man. He's just tough, tough, tough. Uh, he's he's uh, he doesn't back down from anybody. Uh, he, you can play him almost one through five. Uh, wow. You can play him anywhere on the floor because of how tough he is. Uh, I think he's an elite, elite defender. Um, and then he's learning to score the basketball. You know, he can he can dribble and pass at a high, high level. I know that sounds like elementary, but for his size, um, he's very skilled. He finds people. He creates open opportunities for other guys. And he can put the ball on the floor and go to the rim. And he can attack the rim and get fouled. You go back to the game in Las Cruces against New Mexico State. I think he had 13 or 14 points and seven rebounds and was a big reason uh, that they beat New Mexico State uh, at New Mexico State last year while he was at SFA. And that's going against who I consider one of the best players we played against all year in McCants, you know. So I, I, I we just – I, I, I loved him when I played against him. I just thought he was one of the toughest dudes uh, that we played against when I was at ACU. And uh, he's a winner. He's won a ton of games at Stephen F. Austin. And he's been coached by Coach Cox. He understands our culture. They're, they're very similar cultures at SFA and you, what, what we're trying to build here at UTEP. And so that was a no-brainer. With, with a guy like Jonathan Dos Anjos, that's somebody who's been uh, on your radar. He's been committed to this program for a yeah. long time. What, what is that? Does that play any, any part into all this? Yeah, it was the first kid we signed you know, in this class. And so um, obviously uh, we're excited about him. We saw his skill set. Again, elementary it might sound, but he can dribble, pass, and shoot at a very high level. Uh, in that four spot, and you look in that in that four spot or big spot right there, you got Calvin and Jonathan. You know, two guys that have you know Jonathan played at Lola Marymount as a freshman and then played two years at a high level JUCO, and you got Calvin who's played three years at SFA. So we feel like we've gotten better at that spot. You know, that's why we've kind of given Sibley a chance to move to the perimeter. Um, and so we're excited about that spot. There are more our types of fours that can stretch the floor, they can shoot to three, and they can defend, and they can also create opportunities for other guys uh, from that spot through their passing ability. Um, we need Jonathan here. He's not here right now. You know, we started summer. We're, we're finishing up week two right now. We're halfway through uh, week two, and we got to get him here. He's still finishing up some stuff uh, back home at Florida Southwestern uh, through some classwork. But uh, the quicker the better. You know, you don't want him to miss all summer because then he's going to fall behind. So we got to get him here. Uh, we need to get him here as, as soon as possible. Um, but we're working on that. But uh, as far as skill set, um, we're real extremely excited about him, and, and I feel really good about him and Calvin there. You already talked about uh, Derek Hamilton, but what ha- what has the progression been like with your other bigs in Zarek Onyema and Kevin Kalu? Yeah, I've fired up about Z and Kevin. You know, uh, you, there's a big jump always your freshman and sophomore year, and I know Z will be his third year, but, uh, you know, he, he basically redshirted. I know he played a little bit. 
<coughs> two years ago, but last year was the first year he really got the opportunity to play. And then you look at Kevin, he played a ton for us early. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of the year, he didn't play as much, but he still got to play a ton. So he's got some playing experience. And then they just, both those guys had a terrific spring. Um, Z's really, really improved his outside shot. He's making 500 threes five days a week, and he's really, really improved where he can step out and um, he, he's he's hitting the shots. And, and now he's shooting the ball well in the gun. He's shooting the ball well in drills. It's got to carry over, obviously, to the games, but we think he's going to be able to expand his game a little bit for that. Obviously, we all know his athleticism and his rim protection, but he, we need him to make a jump, and we're betting on him to make a jump. You know, we need him to. Um, uh, we need him to be good this year, and, and I think he will be. And then Kevin, obviously defensively, he's an elite, elite defender, rebounder, and uh, rim runner, um, and we're obviously continuing to develop him on his offensive skill, and he's done a great job. Um, you know, he's getting better around the rim, finishing with both hands. He's trying to expand his game where he can shoot, and is also working on his passing ability. You know, uh, both Z and Kevin uh, are working on their passing, and so. Um, I'm, I'm proud of both of those guys. I, I, you know, you look at the five spot. We got Derek Z and Kevin there. Um, you know, to start, and, and we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to get some production from those three guys. But I don't lose any sleep. I, I have complete confidence in those two, two uh, those three. Uh, Derek's on his own journey, different than those two guys. Um, you know, he's never been at this level before, like those two have. Um, you know, he's six ten, and he weighed I think he weighed two ninety five when he got here. Wow. Um, so he's huge. He picks Playing the, the he, yeah he picks he picks the ball up like it's an apple with one hand. Um, you know, he can has a hook either way. He gets through the workouts, which I'm very impressed with at his weight. But we're obviously trying to trim the weight off of him. And so we'll see how much weight he's working extremely hard. He might be our hardest worker that we've had through the first week and a half. And he's got a great attitude. And, and we're extremely excited about him um, and the, just the size and the girth that he gives us. So all three of those guys are different than what they do. But, but I'm completely confident that we can get enough production, hopefully, out of those guys. Um, that we need. Shifting over to uh, schedule making, I, I know this is a big uh, conversation. Multiple coaches at, at UTEP in the past have told us that this is a very, very tough thing to do yeah. at UTEP. Yeah. What has what the challenge been like as far as schedule making? How far along are you all? Well, scheduling in men's basketball is impossible anyway. So, you, know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you want an impossible job, go schedule. And then you throw the portal in there now, and now nobody wants to schedule until until you're completely done recruiting in the portal because everybody wants to know what you have. So, we're football like they schedule five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Yeah. I think women's basketball schedules 20 years in advance. Uh, men's basketball basically starts scheduling in the summer. And so, um, you know, it's it's difficult anyways. In, in it. But, again, to, to, to hit on what we hit on at the very start of this podcast is we're trying to find consistency in this program, man. We want to continue to win. And so you navigate scheduling that way. You know, would I love to go play USC, Texas, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, uh, Wyoming, Utah State, and that be our non-conference slate? Absolutely, man. But all right now our program's not ready for that. You know, we, we've got to continue to build this program up and uh, have consistency of that. So it was big for me uh, in this scheduling to play home games. We're blessed to have the Sun Bowl tournament um, where we get two home games at Christmas. We're, bl- uh, we're blessed to have New Mexico State uh, so close by that we can play them two games. Um, we're obviously losing those non-conference games a year from now when they come in our league. Um, so scheduling will become a little bit more difficult. But you look at that, that's four home games. And then we looked around at different exempt tournaments. And you know, I don't know how much the general public knows, but <clears throat> there's exempt tournaments where you can pay to get in. So you know, I pay $80,000 and I go play uh, one game on the road and then I get two games at home, which is kind of what we did last year when we went and played Pacific and then had Riverside and Florida A&M. You can go pay $80,000 and go to Florida and play in a mid-major. You can get bought. Uh, we could get $80,000 to get bought and go play two high majors on the road. Um, you know, there, there's all kinds of different MDEs. You know, you can pay you can pay $40,000 and then go to the Bahamas, but you got to pay for all your air flight and travel and hotels and 
So there's different, and I think it all, they all excite me. I like them all and they all serve a purpose, but I also think it depends on where your program's at. So I challenged our, our schedulers, Caleb, early, and then when Caleb took the other job, Austin and Coach Cox, I challenged those guys in scheduling to see if we could, kind of the new trend for mid-majors is to kind of start your own MTE. Um, and I just thought our program, man, what a great opportunity for us where we're at in year two, if we could find more home games. You know, we got a passionate fan base. We got a fan base that comes to the dawn that supports our program. And if we could do it over a holiday weekend like Thanksgiving. And so um, I challenged them in that. And I think we're really close to wrapping that up and having the opportunity to play three more uh, home games here over Thanksgiving break against really quality opponents. One won their league and went to the NIT. The other one went to the NCAA tournament. Um, and the other one, I got a ton of respect for their head coach and thinks he does a terrific job. So um, three really good opponents um, here coming to our place. So you look at that, Adrian, you think, okay, that's three. If we could get MTEs plus the one New Mexico State games, four plus a Sumbo, now we're at six home games, right? And then if we play a non, you know, or whatever, you're at seven. or um, And so we only get 11 non-conference games this year because we're playing 20 um, conference games this year. So if we're getting seven uh, and possibly eight home games out of 11, that's really good. You know, number one, <clears throat> we're getting to build our fan base. Number two, we're getting to practice. We're not traveling. We're getting to practice uh, with our team. And number three, hopefully we're, we're learning how to protect home floor. I was very discouraged last year with our offensive rebounding. I talked about that already. But number two was we lost too many home games, you know, and we got to protect the dawn and learn how to protect the dawn and learn how to not lose at home. And so this non-conference schedule will give us that opportunity, hopefully, to play a lot of home games and um, to learn to protect the dawn. So uh, scheduling is very difficult. Each year it's different. Um, and, and each year you're navigating. Um, I would hope in the near future that we'll be invited to play in one of these really good mid-major tournaments. But to do that, you have to show consistency in your program and continue to to, to score high in the net, uh, continue to improve your net, uh, continue to be a good mid-major that, that people recognize and they want you a part of their their tournaments. You know, and we're, we're going to get there, you know, and uh, – uh, but I'm excited, um, you know, uh, about our schedule. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I know we'll be challenged. Winding things down, uh, just want to kind of touch on things you just hear on social media and stuff. Fans who are worried about losing as many players yeah. as you, what would you tell those fans? Yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I haven't slept great. It's been a long two months for me. We lost some really good players here, and we won 20 games, you know. Uh, Looking back, we should have just won five games, you know, and it, it wouldn't be any pressure. And this year we could just win 10. And then, uh, but I like winning, you know, and, and I know people, I know our fans like to win, and I know people are impatient. We want to get this program back to where it belongs, but um, there's steps to that, you know, and, and hopefully we can skip a few steps, you know, but, um, you know, we, we got we to gotta be patient with it. And I'm extremely excited about our recruiting. I think our team, I think our fans are going to love it when our team comes out. Uh, we, we've got a bunch of dudes that play hard, they're tough, they're physical, uh, they got a chip on their shoulder. Uh, they they, they want to play together. Uh, there's not a whole lot of egos uh, on, on these guys. And I think it's going to remind some fans, possibly, I hope the plan, as my ACU teams kind of did, is uh, remind some UTEP fans of the you know the, the old days of Billy and Doc and those guys and Barb you know just how how undervalued and chip on your shoulder how hard they played and, and defensively and um, just you know we, we have a little saying you know we, we want to be the toughest team the hardest working team and the most competitive team in the country and I think that this roster shapes that you know and, and can do that and so um, but yeah anytime you bring in ten new scholarship guys you know that's it's a nerve-wracking time not just for our fans but for me as a head coach but I sleep well at night knowing what our staff did uh, in recruiting uh, I'm excited through a week and a half of workouts what we recruited has shown 
up on the floor, and I'm excited to coach this team. Uh, uh, it's it's a uh, it's a new challenge. You know, you you would want more of your culture you established in year one in your locker room for year two. It's almost like we're starting over again and establishing everything over again, and we are um, because we only have three guys back. But um, that's also exciting. You know, it, it, it also excites me. It's a challenge. I love I love challenges, and so um, I, I know our staff's excited. I know our roster's excited. Um, and uh, we'll be we'll be ready to go. Um, kind of winding things down. Second to last question: uh, NIL. How much has that impacted college hoops? Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, it's impacting. It's huge. It's it's uh, you better embrace it, um, and you better find a way, or you're going to drown. You know, you're you're not going to be successful. Uh, it's just it, it's it's not going away. Um, I, I'm, the, the rules will change. Uh, I, I'm not smart enough to figure it out, and nor am I in those meetings uh, to figure it out. I don't know what the landscape of name image likeness looks like two or three years from now. I don't know what conferences look like two or three years from now. I don't know. I don't know what what happened. There's a lot of change going on. There's a lot of talk going on right now um, with with the whole landscape of Division One athletics. Um, all I can do is, uh, again, wake up each morning, you know, and get better uh, at UTEP. But um, I, I, what, I, what excites me is we've got a passionate fan base. We've got a, we've got a town that loves UTEP basketball, that loves UTEP athletics. Uh, and I know we'll have some people here in town that if they have to get involved, you know, I think they will get involved. And we want to do it the right way. You know, we, we, we want our players to, to do it the right way. You know, we don't want to have anything to do with pay for play, to, to play. Uh, that's not what we're about at UTEP. We've never been about that. And so, um, you know, we want to do things the right way. Our players uh, understand that. Uh, I understand that. Uh, but we're, we're, we're navigating those waters. Uh, our university is navigating those waters. Um, and uh, But I, I, I feel very confident that hopefully in time we'll have something in place. Last question. Coach, thanks so much for all the time. Yeah. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's your second year in El Paso. What, what do you think? You, you like yeah, this I like city? it, man. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's been a good year, man. Um, uh, it's been exciting. Our family's starting to settle in. The kids are settling in. Um, you know, it's becoming home for us um, now. Um, it, it's, it doesn't feel like we're on vacation, you know, anymore. Uh, it's becoming home, and we're starting to get into a routine. And uh, obviously nothing's changed for me. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so excited, humbled, honored to be the head coach at UTEP. Um, is there a lot of work ahead of us? Absolutely. Uh, but I think we're heading in the right direction. I think we did a lot of stuff in year one um, that we can be proud of as, as a staff, as a program, as a university. And, um, you know, I just had my 360 end of year meeting with uh, Mr. Center and, and uh, you know, it was very positive. And, you know, finally that the trajectory of everything has been going down and now the line's going back up. And that's, the, that's we want we want that line to continue to go back up and um you know there's going to be peaks and valleys as we as we do this but i can't thank the 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 city enough i can't thank the fans enough i can't um just they've taken my family in from day one and they've been so supportive and um you know again uh, just just thankful for all of it thanks for all the time coach best of luck this summer you got it man appreciate you anytime